the show like its name is unambitious and it's intended to be because ambition isn't the key to success in everyday life there's a wisdom in our body and in our approach and a lot of us are hearing slow down slow down slow down while the world around us is saying speed up speed up and speed up and so by design this show is inspired by everyday life to meet everyday people where they are to add some clarity and empower you during the challenging times but also add a layer of realization and celebration to the times where you didn't know you were triumphing so in an effort not to over explain here we are and we can begin Hey everybody, welcome to episode six. We've talked up to this point about what intuition is, how to find it in your body and identify it, how to separate it out from those voices that could be fear and conditioning. And if you're especially going through a period that's difficult, we've talked about how to find yourself in a way that you maybe have not been able to up to that point because difficulties become the doorways into understanding who we are, what we're here to do. If you've not listened to any of the previous episodes, you can still go forward and listen to this one, but I want to encourage you to go back afterwards so you can get the full spectrum of what we're talking about as far as understanding the references that come up. And if I'm referencing a past episode, you'll at least be able to um, jump in afterward and put the pieces together. Today, I want to talk about something that people do bring up often in one-to-one sessions. And if you don't know much about me or you're just getting started on this podcast, I work with people as a, you know, quote unquote psychic medium, but I'm really kind of like a life guide for people. So I use my intuitive capacity to help people tune in on what the right direction to go is and how to solve difficult issues or how to find themselves and their kind of place in the universe in a way that's expansive, but also practical. And I think that's what people enjoy about it. And that's what I enjoy about it too, is really helping people in a useful way that lets them feel expansive and feel really connected, but also helps them work efficiently with their feet on the ground. Now, when I work one-to-one with people, something that comes up often is someone will come in and say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my next steps are. And after talking with them a little bit, I'll find out they've done a lot of thinking about this. And I can totally relate. They've done a lot of thinking about Who am I? What am I here to represent? What's my place in the universe? What are my values and ideals? What am I interested in? And the problem isn't that they don't know. What it comes down to after we discuss the problem is that they have not yet taken the steps. And I've been there. We've all been there. I think that's part of the process for an empathetic and creative person. I don't think that we're necessarily people of action in the immediate sense. We can be, but we are philosophical, deep people who need to feel something and feel deeply connected to it to move forward. So the question becomes when you're in that place where you're feeling a little bit listless or you're floundering or you have all this, um, or you have all these gears turning, but you're not really sure where to take it. It can be a place of uncertainty because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to have to backtrack. We don't want to um, make a mistake. And as we talked before in previous episodes, The creative process is supposed to be a little bit messy. So if you're this person, you're empathetic and you're deep, your process needs to be a little bit uh, creative. And that doesn't mean being reckless. It means taking a chance on yourself, betting on yourself and asking the universe, whatever you believe is out there to back you in that process. 
And again, when I talk to people or I go through this myself, I find out it's not that we don't know what we want to do. It's that we can be afraid or uncertain or not ready or whatever the reason is, we're not taking that first step. So the big theme for today, we're going to talk about actualizing. Actualizing is a really important step in the process of figuring out who you are, who you're meant to be, and what you're meant to do in your life. Um, that process, I don't think it's pre-written for us. I think we do have to get to the heart of who we are and our relationship with the people and things in this world. And that relationship to those things can change. You may go through this process a couple times in your life. And actualizing is about making what you feel deep down, that person you feel connected to, that you want to bring out and shine out into the world, making that real and tangible so that you can feel that deep level of connection and fulfillment. So how do you begin actualizing? Well, if you've already taken that step to get to the heart of who you are, to feel things out, you'll find that your anxiety might never have been higher. Your stress might be very high. Your self-criticism might be high. Maybe not, but a lot of people, this will be true. And there is one remedy that will start to put all those things to rest, which is to take some first steps. And I don't mean that you have to get super organized and get a written out plan or anything. You can do that. But you need, what you do need to do is get kind of clear on what the first logical step is and what the most beneficial path that can help you begin to create what it is that you want to bring out into the world. So uh, what is our big adversary when it comes to actualizing? I like to call it, and I don't remember where I read this term, but it's magical thinking. It's thinking I'm going to become an overnight success, that I'm going to write this one thing and people are going to see the heart of my body of work and who I am. It's thinking I'll do this one deed and someone will really understand and appreciate me on a deep level and will become it's people with an instant connection. That might be true in some instances, but it's not going to happen all the time. So when that just home run hits, it's not that it's not possible. It's just that that's a really amazing situation, but we can't come to rely on that. I find that if we come to rely on it, we start to rely on what we call magical thinking, which means that we are not building up endurance and steam in what we're doing and, and really momentum. We're relying on that magnificent force of nature to back us, which is great, but I especially see a lot of very spiritually minded people doing that. And I think it's something that we need to root out in our more spiritually minded conversational spaces and you know spaces of existing. So magical thinking, it's great because it allows you to connect with something bigger than you and to implement that force into your life by allowing it to exist. But it's not something you can come to rely on. You can't come to rely on grace and favor and boons because if you live on that alone, you will experience spiritual starvation or energetic starvation or um, feeling alone and listless. And that is an unpleasant experience because then you, whether you believe in God or the universe or some, you know, spirit guide or whatever is, is assisting you, you're going to come to feel that you've been abandoned in that moment and left to figure it out on your own. So you, what you need is a magic combination, not a magic thinking combination of a plan, actualizing, taking steps, some combination of those things, and that expansive mindset that says, Yes, if I put my energy out there, I will find it matched. If I bet on myself, the universe will back me. So actualizing is not actually as hard as it might sound. Um, so I'm hoping to make it simple. But it also generally becomes the most frustrating thing for people. What's the secret 
about actualizing. It's that it's not actually hard permanently. It's only hard to get started. Um, and that initial period, it's kind of like everything in our body and everything in our mind might feel resistant to it. And even everything around us might just come up with some external resistance that we might come into some external resistance. But what we really need to do is understand that it's about getting momentum. Once you get momentum, you can break through some things and then you're going at a certain speed. You'll continue to break through those things a lot easier. But it's almost like having lactic acid in your muscles when you go to exercise. You're not going to feel great for the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But when you start getting in the groove, you may not want to stop. You may have to go, hey, I need to stop or I'm going to be way too tired later today. At least that's how it would go for me when I was able to exercise you know, regularly. So actualizing, identifying your first step, identifying really, and this is the hard part for some people, what's the most efficient and best and most fulfilling path for you? That's where you can put your philosophical work and your philosophical digesting that you've been doing into action. I had one client come in and they were considering a couple of different paths. One was practical and involved getting certified in something and then working on some more creative and spiritual pursuits as kind of like business opportunities as well. The other side of that was continuing what they were doing. I guess the other option, not the other side of that. The other option was continuing what they were doing. And then the third option was going for a psychology degree. And this would have been a really long-term commitment because obviously there's school and then in, um, internship and things like that. And so when we talked, we had to figure out what matched where they were and what they felt capable of. Obviously, they're capable of anything they put their mind to. But we're talking about someone who was experiencing burnout, was heavily placed into caretaking for family members out of necessity. And her goals above all else were stability, were feeling fulfilled, and were having more to go around, not just money or resources, but also time and energy that she could enjoy. So she could feel like she was flowing and she could feel like she was not constantly drained and exhausted. So because we were able to discuss those three options, I was able to hear from her and give her my observations even before that to allow her to feel comfortable to share what she'd been considering. I guided her toward picking the option that felt most sustainable for her. And I, I told her outright, you're capable of the psychology degree. That's a great expression of your skills. But if burnout's a huge concern for you right now, getting something that's stable, getting something that you can get a routine going, and then taking inventory and deciding where you want to go next is a great approach. Because here's the thing about actualizing. It tunes into some of the other information we've talked about previously on tools. And that tool that we talked about, I think it was in episode two or episode three, you have time. You might have all this grand purpose you want to deliver to the world and experience fulfillment through and, and give such wonderful um, ripple effect out of that. But you have your whole lifetime to do it. So if you rush into the thing you're not ready to sustain, you're building a house of cards. But if you take inventory of where you are and you choose what is right for you at that time, you can build on it because you will stabilize and you will grow roots that are deeper. And as the saying goes, the deeper the roots, the taller the tree. I'll give you a personal example because I like to do this sometimes. Some of you know, especially if you've been listening, that I've gone through a major health struggle. And I, while I've seen improvements, I've actually not seen a lot of improvements in diagnosis and treatment. I'm just mainly kind of like on a 
a better form of life support because I'm home and I'm functioning, but I'm, I'm like feeding through an IV and I'm not living like in the normal sense, but it's become a new normal for me. So it's allowed me to return to some of my functioning, but what I've had to do, I've had to very lovingly place aside my highest aspirations and go for my most accessible ones. Things like doing this podcast, things like meeting with the clients I can meet with and not pushing myself beyond that. Things like working on projects that I'm passionate about and in areas of interest and trying to do what I can with what I have. And what that has allowed me to do is to remain fulfilled. And it has also allowed me to actually become more healthy because I'm not burning out and doing what I can't sustain. Now, if I was doing what I couldn't sustain and when I was doing what I couldn't sustain, before I had grieved that loss of having to dial back, and I really did have to grieve it, I was constantly improving and then going way back, just right back to the start, like and being an awful um, and, and was feeling awful. My health was just as bad as it was before I started, and I realized I couldn't sustain those things. So... It was difficult. And many of you, like me, may have to grieve what you can't do immediately. Maybe you're ill like I have been and like I am. Or maybe there are life circumstances you can't immediately overcome. Or maybe you don't have the support of people around you. Or maybe you have not built up all the skills yet and there's it feels like things are piling up on you. Whatever that might be, when you begin to actualize, you cannot account for the clarity and the energized feeling of purpose that's going to come what you should not do in my opinion and experience in my experience with helping others is rely on that magical thinking thinking one day it will change well here's the thing about actualizing it's about getting your energy organized and focused and that doesn't have to be done in this crazy type a way i think a lot of my life i thought that it had to be and i thought that if it wasn't being done that way it wouldn't be successful but some of us need a slow burn and others, you know, just need a more creative style and others uh, that share those traits are, are deep thinkers and feelers. I know I myself am one of those things. And it's not good to put all that aside so that you're not processing your deep thoughts and feelings. But it's good to know that, hey, I'm deep, but I, I benefit when I organize and focus my energy and when I allow myself to move into action. And I think it's great to note that an important part of the creative process is rest. So this does not mean actualize, go, 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 and don't stop and force yourself at an unsustainable pace. It's all about sustainability. It's all about accessibility. It's all about building with what's within reach for you and with what's possible for you. Bit of a tongue twister, I guess, today. But keep in mind that it does not need to be quick. If you are swimming along at a constant rate with energy that you can continue to sustain, you will make it to your island oasis. You will make it to your place that you're going to build the monument in this lifetime and this beautiful place that you want to exist. If you're paddling frantically, like you need to escape the life that you're living in, you will begin to feel like you're sinking when you're tired. And so it is always better. And I learned this the hard way by being so deathly ill that I couldn't sustain the things that I, I thought were the way of going forward. But if you're paddling frantically and, and you cannot sustain it, you will sink and you, you must use what you have. That is what's going to get you forward. That's what's going to carry you. Otherwise, you will go right back to the beginning and you'll start this vicious cycle all over again. 
And what I hope to do is share a bit about my experience and the experiences that I'm helping others with because I experience it firsthand in a really unique way. And I've helped other people in thousands of different unique ways. And I'm trying to put those pieces together to create kind of a, a pattern of recognition so that if you ever struggle with these things that you can then begin to feel what's going on in your body, understand who you are on a deeper level, begin to tune in with what is your intuition, what is your fear and conditioning, and then begin to actualize. And I hope if you've been listening to this podcast and you've listened to all the episodes thus far, that you have seen those ideologies build into something useful and it's helped you consider how you can work forward from where you are into a life that's really fulfilling but also wonderful sustainable that that meets an easygoing pace if that's what you like i remember i set that intention i think intentions are really magical ways of paving the universe in front of us they don't take the challenge out but they allow us to direct the flow of our attention and energy and, and in some ways choose what we want to prioritize and what we're willing to experience over other things that we may not want to experience or may not want to prioritize and it's not foolproof but it does work and the reason why I named this the Lazy Guide to Enlightenment is actually there was a there's a book by a similar title, and I thought, well, lazy guidance is sometimes the best guidance as long as you're not lazy about it. Lazy more implies that you're taking your time, that you're feeling things out, and that you're not assuming that harder, faster, and stronger is better, but that consistent, committed, soulful, and deep can be great if there is, again, that consistency, there's that constancy, there's that awareness of when to go and when to rest. And that goes back to intuition, being in tune with your body, in tune with your somatic experiences, knowing if on this day my body's saying rest and my soul is saying rest and everything in me is saying rest, and I go and I burn the candle at both ends, I'm not getting anything done or I'm not getting as much done as I can or I'm on a collision course to burnout. And what is something that I notice empathic and deep and soulful people experience more than anything, it's burnout. And we're all learning as we go. I don't think that being a deep and soulful person necessarily means being free of all the impact of feeling all the things around you and inside of you. But what it does mean is learning to understand those things and being able to recognize patterns and recognize how to direct the flow of your attention and your energy in a metaphysical sense and spiritual sense, yeah, but also in a practical sense. We, uh, we benefit when we balance those two worlds. Thanks for being here today. I really love to share this stuff with you. I love the feedback that I've been getting. If you haven't yet, consider leaving a review, um, an honest review and even some comments and some direct feedback to me at my email would be great in helping develop this show to give you the best tools and the best material possible. Even if you just love the show as it is, I'd love to hear that from you. So reach out, you know, feel free to follow me online. Um, reach out to me by email. My email is yale at relevantreadings.com. I'm found at relevantreadings.com. And on Instagram, relevant.readings. Facebook, relevantreadings. Reach out to me. Let me know how things are going in one way or another for you, what you'd like to see on the show, how it's benefited from you. I will definitely, and anonymously if you prefer, I won't necessarily call out your name, talk about some of the things that you bring to me and, and may even use some of that feedback to develop the episodes and probably most definitely will use your feedback to, to guide and develop the episodes because I'm a responsive person. I like to take in what's going on around me, treat it all as really significant and important information and, and then use that to feed this project and I'm excited to do that. So thanks for being here. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week 
and take care for now. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm really happy to have you here. So a little bit about me. I've been working the last 10 plus years as a psychic, and there's no really good word for what I do, so I like to fall in this little niche role. It's a kind of flexible title. What I really like to do is help people get to clarity. And I really like to focus on clients who are looking for unique perspectives and unique ways to solve problems. And what I like to say is you just don't know what life looks like until you're on the other side of clarity. You don't know what life looks like until you come and sit down in what I consider one of the most unique settings in the world to discuss life in a totally different way and ideally come out of the other side. A person who not is transformed by the experience, but with the tools and the ability to transform yourself to overcome. And ideally, the final goal is you leave empowered and inspired um, without having to change anything in your life. So if you're interested in getting connected with me, if you've got questions, you want to talk, you want to chat, reach out to me by email at yale at relevantreadings.com. Or you could also give me a little visit at relevantreadings.com. That's R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T, readings with an S. I welcome your questions and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.